0: of We Are Not Wizards. My name's Richard, I will be your host for this morning, or this evening, or this afternoon, or whenever you happen to listen, because after all, it is your podcast. Now, joining me today, it's the last, it's potentially the last show of the year, so we've decided to end on a bang. We've decided not just to go slightly big, we've decided not to go just huge, we've decided to go colossal. Because what better than to have um, basically Mark Burke and Kira Peevely from Colossal Games? So hello to you two. Hello. 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 It's good to have you on. Because we had a little, we've had a little chat on um, Twitter, the briefest kind of chats, and I think it kind of culminated in me saying, "Well, guys, if you've got any games." That are going to be happening over the next couple of months, then give me a shout and we can we can have you on to talk about it. And you turn around and says, "Well, actually, we've got hundreds of games
1: <laughs> that's <brilliant.
0: laughs> going to come in. A- <laughs> pretty much, you know, we you know we could just keep on talking. We could come on every month for the next year and a half if you really wanted us to talk about games. So it's it's good to have it's good to have you on. Um, so for people who haven't listened before thank you very much for joining us this is the season of goodwill so this is why we have outside in the hallway there's a plethora of mince pies we've got some christmas cake out already you can get yourself a cracker we've got some mulled wine we've got some hot chocolate with a tiny little marshmallows that just drop in really nice and melt the reason that we do this is quite simple is because we don't think there's enough podcasts out there about board games. In fact, we're sure of the fact that there definitely isn't enough podcasts out there about board games. And the other reason that we do this is because I'm a nosy person and I like to speak to people that I don't know to kind of help with my nosiness and find out all these fascinating facts, which is why we are have got Kira and we've got Mark on today who've got as I said we've already said they've got a very very busy schedule so do you want to start off um I'm interested to find out how you kind of got kind of both got into the hobby um you know what your kind of your history was with the kind of the pressed and printed kind of trees so Ke- I mean Kira do you want to, do you want to tell us a little bit about your kind of your background
2: sure uh, if- I it's funny story. I uh, I worked for an agency, a digital marketing agency, um, and one of the guys, one of the uh, the CFO actually, he was involved with Travis's former Travis Chance, who's our current uh, president and founder of Colossal. Uh, he was involved mm-hmm. with his previous company, Action Phase Games, and he uh. came to me one day and said, "Hey, I've got some friends working on a Kickstarter." Uh, it's got a comic book theme. I think you'd be really into it. They could use some help with marketing. You interested? And so that's what really brought me into the hobby and into uh, the world of working on board games um, with uh, with Travis Chance and, and all the amazing people that he works with over the years. And um, from there, I just helped as a contractor and fell in love with the hobby and kept kept going uh with it and then uh when he started colossal i couldn't help but uh, jump on board that ship because it's uh gonna be a lot of fun so i just really enjoy what we're doing and really enjoy games i like all games so uh the more i can be around them i'm i'm a happy girl <laughs>
0: <laughs> from being kind of in a situation of being outside the hobby and stepping in and i always use this analogy it's kind of almost like um Willy Wonka's chocolate, chocolate factory, <laughs> the kind of the Gene the Gene Wilder version, the original and best. When they open up the door into the into the kind of like the chocolate the chocolate room with all the garden and something, it's like opening up the big bo- big door and it's kind of introducing people to kind of like the more unusual, I guess, kind of closed off kind of board game kind of hobby. Is kind of you you're kind of exposed to kind of all these. Different kind of wonders that you 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 never really know, kind of existed unless somebody kind of took you by the hand and kind of kind of shown you. I mean, was there any um? I mean, is that what you found? I mean, is that what you saw? Were you kind of, were you aware of all the different types of games that were kind of going on before you kind of got involved in the industry?
2: I think I had an inkling. Um, I was uh, it, a video gamer as well, and so I you know, I dabbled enough that I was crossing paths enough that I knew that there were things out there beyond the basics, mm-hmm. if you will. But the more, yeah, it was very much your analogy is great because then you open the door and you find all these, just there's a game for everything. And um, yeah. I went to a holiday uh, gathering with my family last night and uh, brought a few games to for the, to play with the younger kids and the family and everything. Yeah. And I was showing my sister and she's like, I. I've never heard of any of these. I'm like, yeah, you got to gotta get out get outside of the, the big box stores and go find a hobby shop. There's a lot of things out there for you and the kids to play you don't even know about. Uh,
0: I know. Just so much, what did, so
2: much good stuff what, out there.
0: <laughs> what did you take with you then? What have you, uh, please tell me, please tell me you had King Domino.
2: Oh no, not last night. No, <sighs> too little, uh, I was, wanted to kind of ease in with something uh, from a, glance that the kids would jump on so i've grabbed my copy of bees from action phase games indie boards and cards uh that was just a lot of goofy fun i took let's see what else did i take last night now that i'm thinking about it i'm having a hard time remembering
1: (laughs) Uh, uh, because
2: that oh yeah okay so i wanted to have a couple of, I don't have really little kid games, but I figured those two would be easy enough. They could, like, a parent could help. And, yeah. uh, Kokoro, you know, the little avenue game, another action phase games, indie boards, and card game. Um, just easy ones to, to hit play with the little kids.
0: <laughs> <laughs> have you, um, have you amassed a reasonable size collection? I mean, has I oh mean, what God. I normally hear is kind of like, um, Cupboards end up taking over from kind of like, uh, basically from clothing space. I th- so I feel, I feel like <laughs> people I start
2: seeing uh, the memes, you know, uh, that I can relate to where it's like, you have, uh, several games from the last convention that you haven't taken out of shrink yet and a couple more, uh, then you're like, Oh, I'll just back six more games on Kickstarter or something. Yeah. Uh
0: have, like have you reached that anymore. have you reached that point? Have you reached that point already? I mean oh, that's yeah. pretty that's pretty impressive. A few years I mean
2: now at least. So uh yeah, but I've got quite I've got a lot I haven't touched, unfortunately. Um working on uh putting together some challenges for my friends and I so that we can we can dive into more of them.
0: What have you got that you're particularly kinda of wanting to get the shrink wrap off or at the Ooh. moment or are you kind of like oh i want to keep this one nice for when I really uh, you know it's
2: kind of a combination it. of both but right now my big two i would say are um well I oh, choose. now that i think about that i'm like thinking there's four <laughs> it's
0: actually three so, it's like the spanish inquisition well there's three I games still, are no there's five
2: yeah i still haven't uh broken to tiny epic quest yet which is high on my list and the expansion for tiny epic galaxies those are both high on my list and then uh, I'm a big Tiny Epic fan. But then um, I've also got Near and Far and uh, Photosynthesis. I really like oh, to get out on the yeah. tail, especially Photosynthesis because it's just so I've brilliant. heard,
0: yeah, so. I've heard some amazing things about Photosynthesis just in case of kind of like from a visual perspective how absolutely kind of fantastic as a game it looks. And it's one of these things that you can look at the game and just having a glance at it and seeing people playing a couple of moves you can kind of very quickly and very easily kind of get the game
2: Mm
0: -hmm.
2: it Um, looks wonderful it just I mean that's what attracted me to it it's got a really I was really impressed with the just the game box itself when it showed up it's just in a just a very attractive looking game probably 90% (laughs) of the reason that I was after it uh heard that it's uh not as friendly as it looks, which was another yeah. bonus. I thought that seemed really fun, and so yeah, those I'd say those are my big my big four.
0: So, has um, has the Christmas list kind of changed from you know I don't know what to get me because this is what I find it's like I'm in my forties now, and it used to be a case of well I don't know get me some I don't know I maybe could use a socks <laughs> or I could do another work shirt. Or you know maybe a tie I don't know the frying pan can maybe needs replaced so you could always get me that and I I I always like car mats they're all car mats are good and now it's kind of like people come up and say what do you want for Christmas it's like I have a list that will probably last me for about five or six Christmases do you want the list with the expansions do you want the list without the expansions. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want the list of accessories that I want? You know, do you want the list of stuff I can only get from the States? Do you want the list of stuff that I can only get from Germany? You know, how far do you how far do you want me to go? So it's kinda of like opened up a so you have to be kinda of more and more selective. What about yourself, Kira? I mean have you have you now got like a Christmas wish list? Even though you've got a pile of games you've not played yet? Are you still kinda of like, well, you know, that charterstone looks quite good?
2: Oh yeah. Speaking of, yeah. It actually does. <laughs> Um, it's funny, it, my uh, husband and I, yes, between the two of us, it's it's more around games um, and stuff like that, but uh, the rest of the family, we get a little uh, kind of overwhelmed by it all, and so <laughs> instead, it's more like, okay, we need furniture to store all the games, so we'd like to upgrade our current shelving system to maybe <laughs> furniture, so uh gift cards for ikea would be great that i remember that was a big conversation this year was was it's time to upgrade some of our shelving
0: are you considering calaxing then yes is we, that where yeah. you are
2: we have a combination like in our in the room that mark and i are in right now actually is my my home office and it's all billy shelves so it's kind of taking hmm. the place of some some of the game storage right now until we get the calyx but yeah that's the idea is to get a nice big one and just get that out of the way and get the games you know the good standard game organizer in the house
0: would you say that's correct mark looking at the shelving is it in a poor state of affairs that needs an upgrade i wouldn't say it's a poor state of
3: affairs but i mean it it's definitely when you're looking at the the calyx shelf i mean it's it's would certainly be an upgrade um (laughs) <laughs> but it, what I'm looking at is a combination of board games and, and a, a nice book collection of, like, your, you know, some nice standard novels, Stephen King and Asimov and oh. those kinds of things. So
2: Well, I had to get all these bookshelves. They're IKEA, too, those early bookshelves, <laughs> yeah. which they're wonderful. Um, they do good for game storage as well. But I have inherited my dad's sci-fi book club collection. All right. And um, I just have all these, I mean, just unbelievable amount of books. And I can't. uh, I I was out of place for him, so I was like, "I'll get these Billy bookshelves." And so, they take up almost every wall of this room. And then the the Calyx is going to go in our gaming area, which is also our kitchen. (laughs) So it's going to go out there because we realize we don't want to have to walk away for the games all the time. We want it to be where we where we play.
0: It's going to turn into like an episode of uh, DIY Rescue or something like that,
2: (laughs) right? Probably, probably. (laughs)
0: but remember what you can do is you can um, you have things like a kindle so if you want to put those books and protect them and put them well into storage you can still read these books if you need to through the kind of the kindle device instead if you really want to and obviously the horrific benefit of that would also be technically that it would give you more space to get some more board games in there yes
2: absolutely yeah that'll be the next step I think
0: just we're gonna go electronic it's like what are you gonna do it's like we've got a thousand books we've got this instead we can put them all in there and then we can keep everything kind of nice nice and pressed which is all good yeah. moving on to yourself mr burke
3: yes um yeah i've uh i've been gaming for quite a while i did you know magic back in high school back when it was Playing for fun and not as pay to win as it's uh, become these days. Um, I haven't I've just yeah quite a long time, but uh, fell out of it when you know kids and families and all that started happening. Um, and then I got back into more traditional board gaming. A uh, guy I work with invited me to game night, and the first modern board game that got thrown on the table that night was Specter Ops, which was uh, incredibly eye opening. Uh, At that point, you know, I, you know, was exposed to, everybody's exposed to the typical, you know, Monopoly and Clue and Yahtzee and stuff you play with grandma. Um, And, and so, you know, I had that idea. I knew there were some games out there, but I never, you know, played any of them. So sitting down and playing Specter Ops for the first time was really
0: eye opening. That's Um, mind blowing because that is a game and a half where you, yeah, it's like, where'd I, where'd I put my pieces? Yeah, exactly. And then they followed it up with
3: Formula Day. The next, the, the very next game we played was Formula Day. Oh, so, oh excellent. I saw you know a couple ends of the spectrum in one night um and it's been a, a slippery slope ever since then i mean i'm i'm I've got the uh eager pledge finger if you will on kickstarter um you know I've, I'm, you I'm going through point, your twelve steps uh, yeah, it's probably <laughs> probably gonna take about sixteen steps for me uh, <laughs> They, uh I'm to the and then point you don't where, I do ask for games, you know, for gifts and it's it's become here's my wish list from here's my BGG wish list link just dig through that cuz you know, my family's just, you know, they're a lot of them are non-gamers, you know, I I could say, you know, Charterstone to them and they're not going to know what it is. So here here it is no. on the list. Just click this and you can buy it from Amazon or or, you know, the local store and and pick it up from there. So,
0: um, they to be like they're going to be like, "Mark, yeah. I I, I thought you were going to be like uh a community manager didn't realize you wanted to be an architect as well it's like no no that's <laughs> right. not a stone. that's not what kind of stone needs yeah that's what they say is like the 12 steps for like overcoming kind of dependency and stuff like that but what they didn't realize is i've got a plus four modifier <laughs> on as well <laughs> i love it on as well so i'm fine kind of thing i love it um, yeah, no, i'm, got, got. <laughs> I'm, I'm outgrowing the shelves that i have
3: which is sad because I, ju- I actually just got a four by four calyx added to the house like a month ago and it was full oh, as soon as it was built and no. I, I need to get another one. But now it's become, well, before I can get another shelf, I need to get a bigger house or, you know, one of the kids needs to move out and go to college or something <laughs> so I can have their bedroom. Um, uh, I'm just out of space <laughs> at the house. So it's now, and I've got kickstarters <laughs> that are still coming that are being fulfilled, but every time one shows up, I get excited because, Hey, I've got this brand new game. And then my brain immediately goes to where am I going to put this thing? <laughs> um,
0: I mean, you can live off rice and beans. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. You you do not need. And that washing machine? That's just eco. That's ecologically unfriendly. There's nothing wrong with going down the local river and just bashing those clothes off the rocks with some water and some soap suds. You'll be done. Like You'll be it. done in no time.
3: I like that. Well, we're getting cold enough here where we are that you know. I mean, I can take all my food outside leave it out there cold and get rid of the refrigerator too so it's been (laughs) it's it's been interesting um you know i still have you know i've got the giant shelf of shame of games that are still in shrink and some that have been taken out of shrink and punched uh but never played Um, put
0: them straight back on there
3: yeah exactly i got uh i haven't punched either one yet but i just got dinosaur island and wasteland express showed up at my door last week
0: and i'm 10th levels of jealousy at you right now, Mr. Oh. Burke. I am well, seething <clears> and <throat> incandescent with rage at hearing the fact that you have them on your doorstep.
3: Oh, well, and I've spent the last few months because Wasteland Express delivery service has been available for a few months now, but yeah. I was actually one of the people that added it in the pledge manager for Dinosaur Island. So they were like, well, that's not going to ship till Dinosaur Island ships. And so I've had friends that have had Wasteland Express for a couple of months now, and I was just thinking that might <laughs> show up. you uh, just
0: end end up doing like a vader no kind of thing yeah (laughs) no (laughs) (laughs) and then people will just bring it bring it along to taunt you and it's like what you got in the bag well you know you got some power grid here (laughs) got some specter ops here i might play a bit of star realms i've got some um, isle of sky and what's this it's a wasteland express delivery service but we're not playing that yeah, that
3: just it's funny you should say that. I was actually at a game night with some friends, and that was one of the games that was on the table to pick from. And <laughs> I think we played everything but that that night. Uh, oh my was, goodness! You know, it, it was it was disheartening, but at the same time, I was like, eh, I'll have my copy soon.
0: <laughs> you know, just flip the table halfway through, just right. walk out. <laughs> we lost we this game. I guess we got to play Wasteland Express now. Exactly. There's your wasteland. <laughs> There's your wasteland all over the floor. There you go. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Let's deliver ourselves a proper game. Oh yeah. What about yourself? I mean, obviously I asked um Kira if she's got um she's got a Christmas list of what she wants. I mean, there's just stuff that you're kind of thinking. Yeah. Charterstone well, you know. on that
3: list as well. Charterstone looks fantastic. Um I kind of have my eye. I didn't I didn't back it on Kickstarter, but I may try and get my hands on a copy of Folklore the Affliction. Um I think it looks really interesting some of the stories yeah
0: i saw that that looked really cool who's that it was that Greenbrier that did folklore? Uh, yes yep Greenbrier. and because um and the folklore the affliction again has got like um completely stunning art in it as well so it's pretty yeah the artwork's amazing
3: the miniatures look great and and from what i've heard the the narrative aspect of the game is is incredible and, and very well done
0: yeah, I've heard people. Yeah, I've heard people saying, "No, you've got to get, you've got to um, at least know somebody who's gonna, gonna get this delivered because it's gonna be worthwhile, kind of diving into." Yeah. Um, Charterstone just appears to be it's a given. I don't think there's anyone that said actually, what really, I'm not kind of you know, I don't know if I'm interested in playing Charterstone. Even I, even I think. You know what, even the people that would normally not bother with a worker placement game are kind of intrigued to see if Jamie Stegmeyer did like a legacy game, what kind of game would that be? Exactly. Happening. Yeah, which is, yeah. we shall see, we shall see. But hopefully, you know, after Christmas, I hope Santa is good to the both of you, and you wake up Christmas morning. Go downstairs in your prospective houses, and there's a nice little shiny box just waiting to get unwrapped with stickers and green board and absolute little cardboard boxes of kind of joy inside it, which is all, which is kind of good. How did you? How did you get involved in um, in colossal then, Mark?
3: Yeah, I um, about a year. Well, I've been a little over a year now. Um, I started uh, a blog just after Gen Con in 2016, just doing some board game reviews, some Kickstarter previews. I'm uh, mm-hmm. going handle the chubby meeple um, that spawned right. into a YouTube channel um, that I started doing some video reviews um, about October of that year. And then in January of 2017, I uh, started doing some I started contributing to the Dice Tower, doing some reviews there and contributing to some of the shows there like their best of the month and the favorite game Friday that they do. Um,
0: yeah.
3: And uh, yeah, I ended up going to Origins this year. Uh, on a press pass for that blog and met Travis, um, there. I've, and I've I mean, I've lived down the river street from Travis for quite a while, but it took both of us going to Columbus, Ohio to actually sit down and game together. Um, and that's where he actually made the colossal games announcement was there at, uh, at origins, uh, back in June. And, uh, sat down played some games with him and, and some of the other yeah. game designers that were there floating around so played some games with like john gilmore and christopher chang and uh oh. christopher Chung, a lot of guys like that ian moss was there um we played a lot of games a couple in fact one of the prototypes that he had with him was uh, one of the games we're getting ready to publish uh or that we are publishing kami sama uh, he had the prototype there so i played that for the first time and he uh after origins he basically threw up a message saying, Hey, I just announced my new company. I'm looking at bringing some people on board. And, uh, yeah. I kind of half jokingly reached out to him through Facebook and, and, you know, cause he said he was hiring a social media manager. And I just kind of said, Oh, social media manager hung with like four question marks and a little smiley face. And he sent me a message on Facebook and said, let's talk. And, you know, it was a cu- couple of weeks later. Um, you know, I was working with Colossal and, and, uh, kind of, getting into the groove of the Instagram, Twitter, Facebook management and, and learning all the backdoors wow. to BGG and, uh, you know, getting into that. So, um, it's been, it's been a great process. Travis is fantastic to work with I and mean, we've got a whole team of people around us that are just great. I mean, all, all of our personalities gel really well. We work well. Yeah. None of us are afraid to tell someone, no, that's not a good idea. Uh, you know, mm. if someone comes up with something, you know, we're, we're there to kind of, you know, check each other and, And a little checks and balances going on. So it's a a great team we've got going here. It's been a great, great experience so far. And uh, looking forward to 2018 uh, as that's getting ready to roll in for us.
0: Was it scary to actually think, well, you know, at the time, because I am, obviously, I am a content creator. But did you think at the time when you're creating the content, it's like, yeah, working in the industry would be nice and then if it happens that would kind of be nice but were you kind of when kind of travis went yeah come on let's talk were you kind of like oh okay <laughs> this is <laughs> this is this is kind of going on a serious ledge now
3: yeah it was it was definitely something in my mind doing the content creation i enjoy doing it um mm. you know, I, still, I still continue to do it when i when i've got the time to you know shoot a video here or there um i'm not doing anything terribly in depth like i did before but um You know, it it was one of those situations, and I don't think think the shock was more of a, you know, oh, this is serious. It was more of a, you know, this this could be the opportunity, this could be the chance to get in and and get into the industry that I, you know, basically was already spending all of my time and energy in anyway.
1: Um, It it felt
3: like a natural fit, and especially with Travis, I mean, our personalities are. Uh, you know they're 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 pretty synced up uh, in terms of you know our sense of humor and and our rapport with one another. Uh, I think it's just it's just a perfect fit and, and a good way to get into the
1: industry.
0: Cool, cool. With colossal, I mean, with colossal, how long's colossal been live for now? Because it doesn't uh, sound like it's been horrifically a long time. No,
3: Travis uh, made the announcement in June at Origins uh, here, in 2017. Mm. And we've, been, we've since been signing games and doing development work on uh, the first couple of titles. Uh, and there's some other titles we're doing development work on well, but really focusing on Western Legends and Kami-sama, both of which are coming to Kickstarter. And uh, Western Legends will be January the 9th, and then follow mm-hmm. that up with uh, Kami-sama in February, uh, mm-hmm. right on the heels of Western Legends. So a lot of development work's going on those to get those ready to go. Um, but yeah, Western Legends is going to be the big kickoff title uh, for our catalog uh, they're in they're in
0: about a little over three weeks now that's um, that must be exciting times what about yourself Kira because I'm you know you're sitting there going well it's all very well you're asking me on but you've asked me about five questions and that's been about it but what's your what are you doing what's your role in the industry you've got the big letters next to your name which automatically when I read that you were coming on the show made me very scared because <laughs> I was like she's going to tell me you're fired and I'm going to go oh, am I? kind of thing and and then i'll be well hang on you can't fire me
2: (laughs) so yeah i'm really you know i'm travis's partner in this whole thing you know he manages all the creative and development and i'm managing the business and the project
1: Mm -hmm. management
2: side of things making sure everything's up and running i'll be working Mm -hmm. um I, you know, working with the different designers to get them set up within our project management systems to make sure that they're getting what they need from us and vice versa. And then also, um, working to, with Travis and the rest of the team on finding the new games, but then, um, lastly, I'd say the, the end, the end of it, right. So the, I think probably the part that most people are worried about, uh, is the fulfillment the production and the fulfillment side and making sure yeah. the games on time to everyone so that's going to be a big focus for me as we continue forward is making sure that um we're delivering quickly uh on on our to our backers uh and on everyone to make sure that they're getting the games nice and early and there's not too much of a wait time uh, in between the end of a, a campaign and and getting it in their hands
0: so you're not just like like a CEO off the telly. You don't just swivel around in a big chair and go, Mark, get me coffee.
3: No, no. not at all. <laughs> you're yeah.
0: like this. You're like that. This is <laughs> no. It opening spreadsheet fifteen. <laughs> saving spreadsheet fifteen with this title. Having to plug this into our into our project management suite, and I'm not getting out of here until Friday about ten o'clock. <laughs>
3: Now, it's that that's that's the nice thing about it. Is the way we've got things set up and structured is is uh, you know, Kara hit the nail yeah. on the head. I mean, she and Travis are you know you know equals and partners in this because, uh, like she said, you know, Travis handles a lot of the development because that's really what he's good at, and that's I mean, he he did that with Action Phase and with Indie Boards and Cards, and and uh, you know, that's really where his passion is, and and he's got a ta- an incredible talent for it. And then, you know, Kira comes in and takes care of the, 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 the deadlines and the business and makes sure we're all on task. And, um, you know, and, and, you know, we kind of jokingly refer to her as mom. But, um, you know, it's it's <laughs> no. but it, it's, it's you like that Kira? it's not a situation where it's like, hey, you know, I don't I don't hear from Kira. Only when things are going you know, wrong. It's always it's just, hey, checking in. How's this going? Uh, you know, there's real open communication among all members of the team. And, you know, the project management tool we use is fantastic for that because, I mean, we could all sit in separate places if we wanted to and still have a conversation about art and graphic design and, and give, our, give our feedback. And it's all right there in a tool that anyone can see the feedback that, you know, any one person has given. Um, and that's just some you know, one of the things that's been brought to the team that, that you know, wasn't in place before, you know, all of this happened.
0: So yeah. you are you happy with <laughs> going, getting called mom It's, it's been a whirlwind. Is, <laughs> That's funny are you happy too. with getting called mom No, I mean Kira. I mean, and, and because of that, or do you have now a favorite? <laughs> I yes, they're all my, oh.
2: no. um, I love I love all my favorites.
0: I love my children. I love my children all equally. I
2: love all my work <laughs> children. They're all very special to me. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: um, no, I, it's funny too though because. uh It's, you know, we all do a little bit of everything. I think that's important. You know, we are a startup, essentially. So uh, making sure that we're all participating. Um, I actually was, and I'll be working on it again tonight, uh, working on a little store for Western Legends to hold all the different uh, cards you can buy at the general store in the game. Uh, So I've been waiting for my chipboard to show up. Obviously, it's the holiday season, so the Amazon stuff didn't get here till really late last night so i didn't get a chance to work on it last night uh like i thought i would but tonight i'll be breaking out my my cricket machine and my thicker chipboard and giving it another go to see <laughs> if we can come up with something to hold all the cards uh sturdily and uh, make yeah. it a little bit nicer table presentation so yeah it's just you know i've everybody is just kind of like oh yeah i'll take a stab at that why not yeah
1: (laughs) yep.
3: And i know my evening gonna consist of filming uh at least doing some test shots for the uh, how to play video for the kickstarter page for western legends that'll be my evening so uh equipment's already set up i'm just you know getting ready to throw the game on the table this evening so
0: (laughs) it's really strange because i'm speaking to these two people from the states about their um board game company so i don't know that's my evening (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) that's true i mean is it it's a, it's, a, it's an all hands on it's an all hands on deck kind of scenario i don't th- i don't know if there's i think in terms of startup it's like well it's usually that kind of kind of business but i there must be unless you're involved in other creative industries it must be sh- strange to go from like you're saying Kira looking at a spreadsheet or looking at a project management software one minute and then deciding actually i'm going to sit down with some you know with a with a whole punch and some scissors and some card and you know some imagination and and see what we can kind of put together is that is it is it does it help kind of relax you i mean do you find putting on the kind of the creative gloves and getting kind of practically involved does that help you kind of switch off at the end of the day if you've been crunching numbers all day
2: ah uh, yeah i would say so it's uh, it's you know it just depends i get uh i'm goofy this way I guess but I get a lot of uh energy out of doing some of the stuff that I do during the day and working with Mm -hmm. these uh different folks to see if there's a a few you know a future of us working together I, I really find that energizing but it is cool to sit down and go all right well uh what do I do here and and the thing is is that I don't do any of it by myself. So, uh the graphic designer for Western Legends, his name is uh, Brian Lee. We call him Blee affectionately. And um he it helped he I showed him this really uh <laughs> Please tell old...
0: me you call Mark Mark.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I do. Yes.
0: yes. Yeah. So... I don't get I don't get any
3: fun nicknames like Brian has. <laughs> <laughs>
2: just call him mark he actually was the design the graphic designer for heroes wanted the first game for action phase games too so
1: all right okay.
2: i like working with brian he's great but he I, I sent him this picture of this horrible thing that i built um to hold the cards and it was functional it did, it did the trick and he got the idea of what i was looking to do and, and then i attempted to recreate it in illustrator and laughed at myself quite a bit and sent it to him and i said what it, what do you think? Does this make sense to you? And he sent me back this file. He said, here, put this in your Cricut machine and it'll cut it for you. And I said, what? Great. (laughs) Thank you. And he amazingly took my, my concept and then uh, gave me something I could work with. that was a lot better. And then now I'm just, you know, refining it from there. So it's, you know, it is nice. It's nice to be able to unwind and, and do something a little different. It's nice to be able to rely on such amazing people that are around us to to help too and not feel like you're just kind of stuck on a project by yourself. And, um, you know, then on top of it, we have the different partners that we work with, um, our investors and our, and our uh, Arno from Matigo, Surf and Meeple, he has a big involvement on production input and making sure that we're thinking through all the things we need to be thinking through when we're putting something like this together. Um, yeah how's it going to fit in the box if somebody wants to assemble it and keep it assembled, things like that. Um, So things I wouldn't have necessarily thought of on my own. Uh, So now I've got a copy of a box that uh, is about the same size as the Western legends box so that I can, when I'm done, I can stick it in there and see how it fits. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, It's just, yeah, it's interesting. It's different. So,
0: well, let's stop um, skirting about the frontiers. And let's let's. Do you like that? I like. See that's a, that's a segue. That's a that's a masterful segue. <laughs> do you like that? I just shoo, straight in your there, ma'am, right in there. <laughs> no, that's terrible. I you know what I should watch not doing. I should watch not try to do a really bad American <laughs> accent, especially when you're speaking to people from that side, side of the world. Because well, I, I love just it. it's never. I love no, it. No, I can't. No, I can't. I've always, joked with, I've always been tempted to joke with somebody and, and actually put on an accent and say, the Scottish accent, that's just an act. <laughs> that's, just, that's just a character I've invented kind of thing. But I've never had the, I've never had the courage to do that because I'd, I'd be scared so it would freak somebody out and they would just hang up. Um, let's talk about Western legends. Yeah. Take me on a, take me on a journey... Take me on a journey and and lead me out into the prairie and tell me what I can find and how far west do we go and how legendary do we get?
2: Oh, so west, so legendary. (laughs) So this wonderful game uh, is the brainchild of of Herve Lemaitre, French first-time designer, and um, just put together this cool sandbox, open world, you know, Feels like a video game a little bit, and how it's how you play, and you can you can choose your own adventure, so to speak, um, and whether you're going to be playing on the side of the law or not, uh, as you you are perusing all the different avenues in the in the game. So from playing poker at the local saloon, of course, you have to have a little bit of a poker element. Visiting um, the cabaret, mining for gold, um, robbing uh, the bank. or another player, um, fighting off bandits, whatever the case might be. Um, as you go along, those different decisions you're making are either putting you on one track or the other. Uh, not to say that you can't uh, go down the middle and not choose to be wanted or on the side of the law, but, um, you find that it's beneficial to, 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 you know, look into those different avenues. Um, Mark, you want to go on a little more? Yeah, I think
3: uh, one of the things that really draws me with Western Legends is when you hear the term sandbox, you immediately think, okay, this is going to come with, you know, a giant, complicated rule set. It's going to take me a week to learn how to play this thing, uh, and and then we're going to sit here for three hours and not get in, not feel like we got anything done. But with Western Legends, it's mm-hmm. the, the rule set is so simple. You literally take three actions on your turn. You can move. You can take action actions at various locations, which is really where the bulk of the complexity comes in. Um, and you can choose to fight other players, whether you're trying to rob them or you're trying to arrest them if they're a wanted player. Um, it's, it's a fantastic way of, of, you know, just kind of navigating and making your own choice as to how you want to go about the world. And, and, you know, we've then added the element of a story card. So, you know, similar to, uh, the way merchants and marauders kind of brings the world, to life around the players. It's not just the players influencing the world, the world's influencing and, and affecting the player's decisions. Um, There are, there's a series of story cards that get triggered based on player actions. Um, And, you know, certain conditions get met. A player can put one of their story cubes on the back of the, the the card, the story card. Uh, And when so many cubes get put on that card, that event will trigger. And of course have flavor text. It'll spawn bandits on the board. It'll move the sheriff around and get him chasing after wanted players or, if you're a wanted player and you triggered it, you can move the sheriff away from you and give him a false lead. Um, you yeah. know, and then there's an event that you know, the folks who you know, the, the, the players who contributed to that story usually gain something. Some of those stories can hurt the people who didn't contribute to triggering the event. Um, and, and it's a an really interesting dynamic that you, know, you could be going and decide, you know I'm going to play this game completely wanted. I'm going to go rob the bank. I'm going to rob other players. I'm going to rustle cattle and take it from one ranch and sell to another. And then something happens in the game that you, know, you get arrested or something happens to you and it doesn't make sense to go that anymore and you have to switch up your strategy mid-game and maybe now be a lawman uh, or just, you know, I'm just going to go right down the middle and I'm just going to spend the rest of my time just mining for gold, uh, and earn, try to earn my points that way. Um, but it, it's, it's a, a really elegant game and it plays up to six players. And even at a full player count of six players, you're looking at 90 minutes or less at a, at a play time. So, uh, it, it's, it's really been streamlined a lot in the development over these past few months.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's important nowadays. I think that, um, there's there's been there is push and there's always push to have like long games with massive, beautiful mechanics that kinda work like clockwork, but then you essentially need to take a day off work in order to be able to play them. Um, and I think if somebody says to me, Well, you know, it's it's a ninety minute game, I'm thinking, Great, I can take that along to the club. I can get it played if I'm learning it for the first time, it's not gonna take that long for me to learn it. I can teach other people at the same time. Which is always really good as well. Um, I mean, was that was that the kind of the idea behind it? Was were you kind of looking at it and thinking like, guys, let's 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 if somebody's going to look at a game and they're going to be making a choice about what game they're playing, let them decide Western leg Legends because they can just get it right on the table and not have to spend too much time kind of set up playing it things like that.
3: Yeah, I think so. I th- I think that was part of it. Uh, you know, we've we've played a lot of the, you know, a lot of the different sandbox games to try to get some inspiration from some of them. And, uh, you know, yeah. a couple of there's them, not that many. Yeah, for, yeah, there's not that many, uh, <laughs> first of all. And then on top of that, you know, I won't name names because I certainly don't want to bash the work that other publishers and other designers have done out there, but there are a couple of the games that we've done where it's like, you know, we're halfway through this game and we're ready for it to be over. And we didn't want Western legends to feel that way. We wanted it to be, you know, when the game's over, you you always want the players when the game is over to go let's play that again, or I want to try a different strategy next time, and already be thinking about their next play. Um, you know, if you're in the middle of a game and suddenly you don't you don't want to play anymore, you're you're waiting for someone to trigger the end game so that you can just move on to the next game. That's never a good sign when it comes to design and development. No, so, no, no, yeah. So I think I think, I think, I think a lot. yeah, yeah, keeping the play time manageable was important.
2: Well, and part of the way we did that too is that there. You choose your point. How like do you want a short game, a uh, longer game, or do you want like a legendary game? And so you choose that, and that'll tell you like to what point level you're playing towards. So, um, which will help set the the pace of the game as well, um, or the time length of the game. Um, you know, I think too one of the fun things about Western Legends is that the characters you know are from history. And their character abilities play into their, uh, you know, who their actual history was to a degree. So, like Doc Holliday, you know, starts off wounded, because <laughs> <Okay. laughs> he's because he's always getting hurt, but never but never uh, going down. Uh, but you know, I think, and then so you have a little bit of that to get everyone looking at and have kind of having fun with the characters um, during the setup. There's you know, while there's a lot of things to do, it's all really simple, but there's a player aid just so that you don't forget what everything does. Because um, with the sandbox, you know, there's a lot of things you can do, so you don't want it to be too complicated um for everyone uh to play and make those decisions, like you said. Yeah.
0: So how do I mean what's the what's the mechanics behind it? Is it like are you selecting cards? Are you placing do you have like meeple workers to place? I mean what is it you know you mentioned sandbox, but yeah
1: is it is um, it a
0: case of you've got a couple of actions to decide you've got three actions to decide, and you can can you move you've got because like, 'cause you've got a map I'm looking yeah. at a map, ladies yep, and gentlemen.
3: Yep, that's correct. The board's uh, kind of a map as a couple of towns, Dark Rock and Red Falls are our two towns, and then there's mm-hmm. kind of the outskirts of those towns, those desert areas where the bandits like to hide out and your mines are found. But your your player turns, there's no you know worker placement or any kind of action selection that goes on. It's more, uh, you know, you've got a character mini that represents your character that, that you're, you know, that, that you're playing and moving around the board, and you are, you're taking three actions on your turn. You have the option to move um, based on you know, do I, ha- have, have I have I bought a horse yet? If I haven't bought a horse, I can move two spaces on the board for, for a single move action and I can move, I can use all three of my actions to move um, you know six spaces if I want to. Um, you have different locations across the board where you're able to take location actions each location so like the general stores where you go to buy items and mounts and weapons. Um, mm-hmm. You can go to the bank and you can deposit the gold nuggets that you've mined or you can choose to rob the bank when you're there if you want to become a wanted player. Um, right. and you have the ability to go to the saloon and play some poker and, and you know, earn, um, you know, not only cash from playing poker, but also earning those legendary points that you need to win the game because the idea is to be the most legendary player or the legendary person in the Wild West and, um, and kind of build up, you know, it's up to you how you how you're going to build up that legendary status. Um, and then the other option you have is to fight other players. And when you fight someone, you know, you're just basically declaring whether you're robbing them, whether you're arresting them, you know, if they're a wanted player and you're not wanted, you can arrest them. Um, or you're straight dueling them for victory points. Uh, I just I just want to earn some legendary points just by shooting you. <laughs> and so uh, and, and it's wow. literally when, when, you know the combat mechanics are very easy. It is um, yeah. you know it, you have a a hand of poker cards, standard fifty-two deck of cards. Um, for playing poker, but then those cards also have actions on them that can so they, the cards can be played for their actions. Um, and then when you're doing battle, you know you're doing your combat, it's literally just a, a high card draw. Um, and then there are different cards that you can also play that they can, and different weapons you can have that then mitigate those cards so you can you know you could have a, a, a particular gun that you know, reduces your opponent's card by, by a value of one. Uh, so you know, they may play a queen and think they got you and you know you play a queen but your gun bumps their queen down to a jack and you win. So um, it's straight high cards. There's no complex fight mechanics to it. We wanted to keep that straightforward and simple um, as well. And it lets the players also plan out, does it make sense for me to go over and shoot this other player based on what's in my hand? Because you're not just, I'm going to attack, and then based on the die roll, determine who wins the battle. It's more, what do I have in my hand? How many cards do they have in their hand? And what are the chances that they've got something better than what I have? So there's a little bit of strategy to it as well.
0: Please tell me that you have written into the rules that in order to do the gunplay battle, that both players have to stand up, face each other, and take their cards, hold their cards at the side of their hip, and then you both have to go draw. I, it's please funny you should me, say that. Please we tell me a, that a,
3: is... But when we were we were playing last week with uh, some friends and... and you know, everybody would get their cards selected, and they would have them, and they would yell "draw" before they would flip them over.
0: And that, oh, that was You, have to, you uh, have to actually see that. Whenever we rude. talk
2: about the fights, I always, I always put my hand at the side, like I'm, go- I'm getting ready to draw my, my gun at high noon. You have to. It feels feels right, doesn't it? Yeah. I think you
0: just have to. I think you have to kind of bring it in as well. You have to go. I'm calling you out, Burke. Yeah. yeah. Lily livid. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Lily livid lazy work shy fop that you are (laughs) 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 you get your get your butt out of here and i'm gonna i'm gonna make sure you're going six feet under there you go and then you just stand in front of each other and then what happens is that you know you could get a bonus whoever pulls first oh that's a card you have a draw (laughs) bonus oh you have to put that in that's my that's my contribution to your game You have a card in the deck that's a draw bonus, and you have the option to play the draw bonus. And you have the option to be the quickest hand in the West. And then what happens is you stand up and face somebody, and then you do the draw thing, and whoever draws first, you get like a plus one on your attack. Are you writing that down?
3: Your right hand on your hip, and before they draw, you throw
0: sand in their face with your left hand. Yeah, you could do that. Anything like that at all. You could do anything like that as well. You have to put that in. You don't have to put it in, it's your game, come on. Um, but on on the back of that, on the back of that, um, in terms of Hervey's involvement in the continuing development of the game, has he given you the game and you guys are developing it, or is he still very much involved in the designing, developing aspect of it?
2: Uh, both. So um, right. definitely... Uh, Put it in Travis's hands. Uh, Travis and AJ, our other developer, and yeah. they they go through and do the playtesting. And but there's a communication with Hervé. Hervé is doing his own playtesting as well. We're communicating those ideas and changes and suggestions back and forth and testing again. Um, we're really done with development at this point. It's just minor uh, adjustments as we go here because uh, we want to be make sure. That it was ready for yeah. uh, sending off uh, some of the copies and stuff for the Kickstarter launch, but um, yeah, it's been a really interesting process and working with, and especially since um, our time zones are a little different. Uh, but he's so quick to respond. He has really great feedback and ideas. Um, he it's not just the development of the game that uh, he has input on either. We work closely with him to make sure that the look and the feel of the game, uh, the design of the game itself, the graphic design is all um, what he was hoping for as well. So, um, and he's been really good about giving us feedback. Um, You know, if he likes something, doesn't like something. um, We discuss it, we figure out what makes the most sense uh, for the final product, and then we go from there um so yeah it's it's really cool we definitely want to we're we want to stay involved with the, the the designer of the game make sure that they get to have input throughout the process
0: yeah i mean that's i mean that's one of the i'm only as i'm asking the reason that i'm asking is because we um in the latest episode that we just released um which was with paul grogan from gaming rules um that came up about you know when a designer At what stage does this as a designer hand over a game? You get some designers that when they sign up with a publisher, they're effectively saying, okay, you guys, here's everything that I have. If you want to go ahead and kind of make with it what you will and then come back to me with any changes or feedback that you want to make. And then you get other ones where the designer basically is almost joining the kind of like the development team and is working the nine to five alongside them kind of still very much involved in 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 the kind of the project. So it's kind of interesting it's interesting to me in terms of just how the entire process works, how it's still, you know, the development and the design of the game can still be a very very kind of kind of fluid process. Um in terms of the the, the kind of the the game itself, what what made you guys decide to go down the kind of the, the Kickstarter route? Um Was there any particular reason? I mean, obviously, the money is always a good one. But was there any reason that made you decide, well, you know, Kickstarter is the way to kind of look at going forward with this?
2: Well, when uh, Travis founded the company, the the premise was that Kickstarter is a great marketing platform and the kind of games that um, he liked to work on are the kind of games that do really well on Kickstarter. And they're the kind of games where um, the backers are really involved in building out the content for the game so yeah um, yeah. philosophy is very much that um our stretch goals are building a free expansion for backers um that uh there's never any content that's not available but it is but the the benefit of being a backer is that the content that you're helping add to the game is yours for free and so uh, and it's part of part of the package and so um that's a big part of it is that these are games these are big games they're colossal games right um and want to make sure that uh that the content uh that everybody feels that they're getting a lot of content in the game that is valuable to the game and that they they have a, a say in that content as well so i think that's a big part of kickstarter i know mm-hmm. that we will have some games that may not find their way onto kickstarter they may go direct to publish but right now are our big focus is with Kickstarter. We think it's a great marketing platform, and and that the community there, um, they're the type of people that we like to work with um, in making our games amazing.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's um for a lot of, for a lot of businesses, it it doesn't just kickstart and fund the game. It can in some in many ways, it can kind of kickstart the business. I mean, well, I mean, let's you know, let's Jamie Stegmaier for instance, Isaac Childress, you know. Mm-hmm. Frank West, Richard Keane, you know um, Mark yeah. Neidlinger, These are all people that um, Kevin Young. These are all people that have come to Kickstarter, asked for funding, gone on to make create basically board gaming has become something that they do on a kind of like a full, almost like a full time basis. You yeah. guys are it's strange because you're kind of approaching this from you have a lot of experience. You know kind of what you're doing. You have the skills behind you, and Kickstarter is one of these things that's kind of almost do both. That's going to help maybe establish the brand to people who aren't aware of who you are, but it will also help to make sure that you know that um, Western Legends gets out there to kind of as many as many people as possible. Um, Going back to, I guess this is probably equally as appropriate for, I guess, for both of you, but. Mark has being the kind of the social media guy have you felt a bit of pressure to kind of get as much of the word out there as as kind of possible um in terms of building a community building the name up there getting people interested in the game
3: yeah absolutely i mean the with us going to kickstarter in january it wasn't it, it's never been a, a thought process of Okay, this Kickstarter launches January 9th. We'll start talking about it on January 8th. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know we, 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 we want to build a community. We want to build you know, get the name out there, let people know who we are, where we're coming from. Yeah. Um, yes, we're a brand new publisher, which on Kickstarter, you know you, you, you pull up a Kickstarter page and you see first time creator on that page, you know there are a lot of backers that will pump the brakes at that. But if you know if they've heard our name, they've seen our name on on BGG, they've seen us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, and not just seen us, but interacted with us because we're very interactive with the community of folks who, you know, will reply to you know you know tweets that go out or they're interacting with us on Instagram. We did a big show us your shelfie um, over the weekend that people were just shopping, snapping pictures of their, uh, you know, their their game shelf and throwing them up on Instagram and tagging us with a hashtag and we'd repost a bunch of those things. And um, you know, we had a good time interacting with people over the weekend uh, doing that. We we need, we do those kinds of things because you know we we want them to realize that. Yes, we are a first-time publisher. At least yeah. Colossal is, but Travis isn't new to the game. Kira's no. not new to the, uh, you know. We've got you know so many people behind the scenes that have been in the in the board gaming world and the board gaming industry for so long that um, you know it's it's day to day for them, and so. You know, there's a little bit of pressure there, and you want to get the name out. You want to build up that audience so that when you do launch that Kickstarter on January 9th, that you know you're not just sitting back and staring at a computer screen and no one's backing because no one's heard of it and no one knows what the game is. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we're getting out. We're doing you know public play tests with groups in local game stores. We're do you know we've done obviously with during Con season. You know, we had prototypes that. You know, Travis had them at Origins. We had them at Gen Con. You know, Travis and Kira went to Essen with some prototypes and played some things. We did BGG Con, and, and you know, just getting these games in front of people and letting them know, and even getting feedback from them that you know we're able to go and tweak the game. And you know, if we see that something's not working, you know, because when you're play t- it's important when we're do- doing the development work that we're play testing with different groups of people. Because if it was just you know four or five of us sitting around. There may be something wrong with the game that we don't catch because yeah. we're the game. Uh, yeah. But you put it in front of a group of players who are playing it completely differently than how we're playing it, and suddenly something pops up. So uh, you know that's very important to get it in front of different groups as well. And I think the community building around that is incredibly important.
0: How's the um... yeah?
2: Too. I think the other part of it is is just that we're part of the community as well, and so we're you know not just being a brand, but the people behind the brand and letting people know who we are and that, you know, we're here to play. We're not going to just play our games either. When we're at these cons, we're playing with everybody. We're checking out other games. We're having fun. We're seeing our friends as well. It's not, um, it, it is a community and that's why we love being a part of it.
0: Yeah, I mean, people People like to see a face. It's really strange. It's like the, um, the board gaming industry is different in some respects from the video game industry because you're so used to playing video games through a visual interface and not the person that you're actually playing against sometimes that when it comes to the video game personalities it's only the guys that are really, really kind of at the top that people know about whereas the board game industry seems to have taken that on its head and it's almost like the creator you get to know the creator that they're encouraged on Board Game Geek to have profile page you get to see what they look like you get to see pictures of them at conventions there's very much a more of kind of a a human friendly face behind it and I don't know if that is because generally if you sit down and play a board game with somebody unless they're wearing a mask you're yeah. usually looking at them kind of like you know kind of face you know or unless a bandana over their face you know kind of thing which if you're a cowboy you might just do that but it's still a very very kind of face-to-face kind of entity and I don't think you can reach certain levels, but even if you look at, say, even Simon, when they've done, you know, when they've brought Eric Lang in to do designing on the games, and he's now working for them, they still like to roll out Eric. Eric still gets rolled out to say, "Listen, let Eric talk about the game," um, yep. and they still put. You still got a lot of people putting a face behind the kind of the designer, the development team, to say, "Hey, we're people. We're trying to do a job here. We're trying to help create the community," which is. Which is kind of, which is kind of cool. Um, have you decided on prices for Western Legends? Then have you decided, you know, what's, what's in, you know, how much you're going to get in the? But you obviously know how much is in the box, but you know how much that price point's r- roughly going to be at the moment, or is that still, is that still on a spreadsheet oh, yeah. somewhere? <laughs> no,
2: both. Uh, no, it's a, it's a seventy dollars <coughs> price point. It's a, definitely a big game. There's a lot in there. Um, but I think that um, we've packed a lot in there for seventy dollars, mm-hmm. and um, like I said, then it's that the stretch goal expansion that we're looking looking to build with the stretch goals is probably a thirty dollar value on top of it. So, yeah. um, and then there'll be one expansion as well, and I think we have that priced at fifteen dollars. Yeah, 15, $15. Yeah. So okay. there'll be an expansion with more characters. There'll be the stretch goal expansion, and then the base game for seventy.
0: And is it, um, is it trickier when you have a designer that hands you over the the game and they've created the game to create stretch goals for a campaign? Do you, did you then say, okay, well, if we're running this to Kickstarter, we need to consider what we're going to be using potentially for stretch goals? And, you know, maybe the designers went, um, well, what I gave you is kind of everything. <laughs> I don't yeah, have anything <laughs> else.
3: And that's certainly when, when we're doing, you know, we're taking, <clears throat> excuse me, we're doing, you know, pitch meetings with designers at, at various cons, uh, you know, we go to a convention and Travis and AJ sit down and talk to designers and take meetings with designers. Travis is always looking at it from the standpoint of knowing that this is a game we're taking to Kickstarter. So he's already thinking about that process in the back of his mind as he's looking at that game is what can we do from a stretch goal perspective with this game? Uh, and I, I know I've, I've seen him talk to designers and go, yeah, I like what this is doing. I like what you're going with. But. I don't really see this doing well on kickstarter because it's it's not stretch goal material or maybe it's just something that the kickstarter crowd is going to overlook um because he doesn't have that experience with action phase i mean action phase you did everything through kickstarter so he's he knows what will work on there what doesn't work and he can you know he can tell designers you know this this works you know in the context of it being a game but Because we're taking things to Kickstarter, it may not be right for us. Um, Or I've seen him give feedback and say, you know, if we are able to tweak it this way and make some changes in this fact, we might be able to do something with it uh, and and go that route. So he always, even from that first meeting he takes with a designer, he's already thinking Kickstarter um, because that's really, you know, where we want to go. We want to have that direct relationship with the community and, and, you know, and with the consumer themselves.
0: Okay. 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 I mean, um, going west is always a good idea. I mean, typically, if you're heading in the opposite direction, it appears that you also have something for those people as well. Because the other game that you got coming out is um, is going to be uh, Kami-sama. Correct. And yes. that's that's uh, February. So, we, I mean, obviously, I'm aware that we have taken up an awful lot of your time as it is, but do you want to, I mean, have you got enough time to to tell us a little bit about Kami-sama? Yeah.
2: Absolutely. Kami-sama is just a really mean amazing little game uh aj lambeth who is uh the designer of the game we actually travis found him through this game and then hired him to be a developer with him for colossal so he's a part of our team as well um he had spent some time uh, in japan uh, fell in love with uh, the culture and everything there and and designed this game uh based on, uh, you know, from some of his experiences there. And uh, you can see just the attention to detail throughout the game. You're, it's, a, it's got a couple of different cool mechanics, one being yeah. um, area control. You're placing shrines uh, to gain favor with the villagers uh, in each of the respective villages in, in, in the game of Kamisama, therefore. Um, and the different uh, Kami are spirits, uh, Japanese spirits, and they, they're very asymmetrical in in their abilities but the way they place their shrines is different for each of them and um the whole point is to get uh patterns going to have the most uh, various different ways that you can gain points um there's a little set collection little drafting um what else you want to say about that yeah
3: it's 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 I would definitely say it's a lighter, a lighter weight game in terms Gateway of plus. of learning. Yeah, I would, yeah, Gateway Plus is a good way of putting it. I think, um, you know, it's it's more entry level, um, and one of the unique things about the way the gameplay works with it is it's a round board, it's a circular board, and the board's divided into four quadrants, four player game, and every player, when you're sitting at the table, you, when it's your turn, you're taking your actions primarily in the village that is in the quadrant of the board that's facing you. So okay. you're taking your actions there and, and your, your player, your kami may have some abilities because again, they're all asymmetrical. They, they can all add a shrine or remove a shrine, but then from that point, from that point forward, everything else is completely different between the characters that you're able to play as in these kami, these various spirits. Um, and so you may have some abilities that let you play out of, you know, play into a different village or they let you affect any village. Um, but it's going to cost you some action cube, you know, some of your action points to do that. Uh, but you literally will play every every player takes their turn, and then the board rotates a quarter turn. So now you're affecting what the person to your right was just doing, and what you're right, just, okay. in your, in your village is now being affected by the player to your left. Um, and Super so now cool. they're popping your shrines out of there and putting theirs in there, and getting you know replacing it. And uh, you know the the first you play through three rounds, and the first round of the game is very much. Laid back, you know, just kind of spreading the shrines out because the board state obviously starts empty, but between yeah. rounds, those shrines stay in place. So when you get to rounds two and three, in order to do the things you need to do, you really have to start kicking your opponents out of places. So it gets really cutthroat and very much has a take that aspect that you, if you just watched how it plays in the first round and you don't watch rounds two and three, you have a completely different perspective on how the game plays. Because when you get to rounds <laughs> two and three, it becomes very much a take that game uh, and is, is is way more confrontational than, than it appears at first glance. But it's it's an excellent little game. Like it's four players. Uh, you can play it probably 45 minutes to an hour.
2: And it's a um, two to four player. Yeah, You have a two-player element for yep. both Western Legends and Kamisama. So yeah. um, with an AI built in, so... It's uh, it's so beautiful too. The artwork is being yeah, done I was by gonna say that. Studios. Um, I mean, and uh, I, I failed to mention this earlier, but the artwork for Western Legends is being done by Roland McDonald, who is just absolutely wonderful. So we're just really grateful for having really great illustrators and really great designers to work with and make these amazing games.
0: When the um, when AJ approached you um with kami sama where did he already have the artwork done or was he just approaching you with the kind of the idea no <laughs> no <laughs> no he
2: had uh you know just a. it was you know a typical prototype of this idea he had a basic vibe that he wanted to get across with,
1: with yeah. the
2: graphic design that he had put on there yeah. um which was which was good and gave us you know a path to go forward with but um No, we we definitely um, are still working on it now, kind of refining the look and the feel of the game to uh, make sure that it looks uh, the way he wants it to and is um, making sure that it's also respectful to all the different elements of Shintoism uh, that, that kind of live throughout the game.
3: Yeah, AJ's AJ's love of the culture really shines in the design of the game, and, and we're, we're, he's, he works very closely with the illustrator and the graphic designers to make sure that you know we're being respectful of, of the culture itself and not yeah. just a hey, here's a fun thing we want to go do. Uh, you yeah. know, we're very very respectful of culture, and I mean we've seen pieces of art that have come from the illustrator uh, or from the graphic designer where AJ you know will say, well, it looks great, but you know that rope wouldn't be that color. Um, or, or you know that that tablet that he's holding wouldn't be that color, wouldn't be made of that material, or you know he, he's he's so ingrained in, in in that making sure that it is true to uh, the Shinto culture and, and the Shinto uh, you know beliefs that uh you know we're making sure that we're res- being highly respectful of that.
0: No, I think that's important. I did see a YouTube video, and I don't know if you've seen it. Where about the. Um um, and it's uh, it was quite a popular game where the 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 video was basically them sitting down and, sit, and they were playing with some people from Japan and the person from Japan went ahead and translated the characters' names and said why are you calling you know why are you calling this person uh, clumsy lazy foot or something like that when they were meant to be wow. the best kind of warrior so you know I think um, it's it's one of these things it's like um if you're making a game which surrounds a, a particular culture or a particular point in history and it's probably the same for western legends you have to be kind of culturally aware of what what was actually happening in the landscape at that time just to make sure that you're not it's more not making an idiot yourself
1: <laughs> yep, <laughs> you yep. that's correct yeah. you know like you know yeah. there th- there
3: is going to be s- and, 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 yeah, I would say specifically with Western legends, you know, it's it's not only. I mean, you know, you hear West, you know, old Wild West, and you think Wyatt Earp and Doc Holliday and Billy the Kid, and yes, those characters are in the game, but they're you know, the, the Wild West wasn't just a bunch of old white dudes running around. You know, there no. were people of color, there were women, there were Native Americans, there were you know, Hispanic that that. Are featured in the game as well. Characters people may not have heard of, people like Bass Reeves or Stagecoach Mary, um, yeah. you know, that, that were actual legitimate historical figures of that time. That you know maybe people don't know because Val Kilmer didn't play them in a movie. Uh, <laughs> you know, so I, I think that it was important to us to make sure that while we're making an old Wild West game, that every character in the game wasn't just a white guy in a cowboy hat. Uh, you know, we made sure that there are women, there are people of color, there are Hispanics, there are Native American characters that you can take the role of and and build up the, you know, that you, know, you could have a Native American be a you know the winner of the Western Legend game. So it's yeah. it, we're very important to that and and having the historical aspect too. The back of all the character cards has a little you know blurb on there about what this person actually did in their lifetime and yeah. you know why they're you know why they were in the game, what made them important.
1: I went, yeah, I win with
3: Crazy yeah. Horse.
2: <laughs> My fair amount. So. <laughs> He's my, one of my favourite
1: characters to play with. So.
0: Yeah. And you're not just ticking the box for inclusivity as well. I mean it's like this is a factual thing. It's like these people existed, therefore we're involving them in the game. So it's kinda like, you know, Absolutely. it's it's kind of important to have a and sometimes to, to case to have a, a kind of reflection. Um yeah. Kami Sama is February. So yes. I mean have you got prices for that is I take it that's gonna be is that going to be a touch? That's going to be a touch under the seventy dollars if it's a if it's a lighter game. Yeah. Have you not got details no for that?
2: At, no one's sitting at fifty. Okay. Um, it'll have a stretch goal expansion as well. Um, as we mentioned, that's part of our our way of doing the campaigns, and then it'll also have a small expansion, uh fifteen dollar expansion as well. So more mm-hmm. content, and then uh, for both of those, um, and so the expansion. This- Stretch goal expansion, I believe, is valued around 30 as well. Yeah.
0: So the stretch goal expansion, that's just an extra, extra expansion that you get for them reaching the stretch goal. You're not doing a... And we've unlocked an expansion that you can buy for $30. It's kind of like this is... You're Correct. getting this $30 yeah, be, extra of value, yeah. yeah.
3: Right, yeah. For our backers, it'll be... These are the stretch goals that have been unlocked, and we're basically including those with your pledge mm-hmm. in a box, in another expansion box. And the the idea behind that is those stretch goals that, you, that the backers have unlocked that they're getting for free with their base pledge are going to be available in retail, and folks can go out and buy that expansion for their, you know, they buy base game of Sama for $50, and they, they want to go get this expansion. It's going to cost them probably $30 to get it retail after the Kickstarter. So all the backers are getting that at no cost, and then there's the smaller expansion that, you know, is going to be in that, around that $15 price range that, you know, you'll be able to add right there in during the Kickstarter process as well and have some extra content available in addition to the stretch goals. Uh, So, yeah, it's not a situation where this has been unlocked. Now you can go into your pledge manager and add it for another $30.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that kind of, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't don't
2: want to away from stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Not the way we like it, so it's not the way we do it.
0: No, I mean those there's, those,
2: yeah. those are the
3: Kickstarter campaigns that play on my acquisition disorder. Um, you know, I, <laughs> I get in on the base level, and then they're like, "Hey, we've unlocked this add-on with all these great characters." And I'm like, "Well, I want all those great characters," and so then suddenly a $100 pledge, by the time I'm done with the pledge manager, is a $400 game now. Oh no! <laughs> and it's like, what just happened?
0: Uh-oh. I have to no, I have to step I have to step away from the mic on uh, this situation because otherwise I'm going to end up with on on Santa's uh, naughty list. By what, I, uh. <laughs> by what i might say um no i mean they they both sound kind of really interesting and it's the the way you guys are approaching kind of like colossal as a whole is you seem to be doing it kind of like right planning it out you know pushing forward for kind of kind of success and what we'll do is we will make sure that um We'll make sure we'll put any links that you give us in the show notes so that we can kind of have notes to show. Um, if yeah. people want to find you guys on the Internet, what's the easiest and easiest place to find you guys?
3: Yeah, we well, we have our website, ColossalGames.com, and that is Colossal with a K. Um, yep. So and I think K for Kickstarter, uh, ColossalGames.com. Uh, we are on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Um, all three of those are Colossal Games, all one word, so no underscores or hyphens or anything like that. Uh, okay. So we're very easy to find out there. Um, and then, of course, we're on BGG as well. Uh, you can just do a, a publisher search on there for Colossal Games uh, and and see all of the not only Western Legends and Kami-sama and those pages that are out there, but uh, the other games that are, that we've already added to BGG because we know they're coming in our catalog in 2018,
0: 2019 is that um in some <laughs> omen consumption yeah your news seems to be we've signed this game we signed this game we signed this game yeah. you're like a basketball team at the end of season or something like that you know, <laughs> you got so many kind of signings right. you got so many kind of signings going on um i have one more question sure. to ask you and this this is going to require a little bit of thought because i think everything up until now has been very easy okay and it's going to be okay. christmas it's going to be christmas themed as well okay all right so you have ended up in the north pole not only in the north pole but somehow you've ended up in outside the home of mr claus himself okay now he greets you with open arms and big cuddles and you get like lovely warm cups of cocoa and he covers you in furs to keep you nice and warm and he says that because both both of you have been very very good all year you can go into his toy emporium and the board game section and he says now because he is a being of magic that inside the board game emporium there is every single board game that you could could dream of Whether it be first editions, second editions, whether it be expansions, whether it be Kickstarter exclusive, whatever you want, you can get your hands on. Unfortunately, he says that because it is about to be the busiest day of the year, he has limited space on on his sleigh to take you both back to your respective houses. So what he says is that you're allowed to take... Three board games each. Which board games do you take with you from Santa's Cardboard Grotto? Oh,
1: wow. That's
3: a tough one. <laughs> that is a tough one.
2: Uh, well, I think first for me would be I would want to finish out my Firefly collection oh, okay. with the last expansion in the play mat.
1: There you
0: go. Mark
3: Yeah, I, I would probably for my first game would probably go the nostalgia route and I'd want to get my hands on HeroQuest. Uh I played that a lot with my brothers when we were kids. Uh, and it's a game that needs to be reprinted. Uh I don't know why no one's reprinted it was a fantastic game. I've um, got
0: I've but, got a couple of spare copies just sitting around doing nothing.
3: Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's a fantastic game. I love HeroQuest.
0: I'll send you one. Um, you need to watch the YouTube video by um, yeah. You need to watch the YouTube YouTube video about why Hero Quest is the best game ever made. Oh,
3: oh, the guy that's screaming Broad soed. Yeah, I love that guy. Broed Um and The you're... best thing about Hero <laughs> Quest is this, and then thirty seconds later, the best thing about Hero <laughs> Quest is this. Great video.
0: It's the best video ever. It's the best video. The best thing about the Hero Quest video is the video. Yeah, Kira, <laughs> Kira, Perfect your sec case. your second game, please. Now, I'm not gonna. Uh, I'm not gonna rush you, but it is getting a little bit cold outside, and Rudolph, he's getting a bit fractious.
2: Time to get going. Well, I think I'd like to get the um, deluxe, I guess, edition of Takinoko with the wooden box because it's gorgeous. Okay. I just don't really want. I want that big, amazing box of awesomeness. Yep.
0: <laughs> Mark your second pick, please. Yep. Second pick. Uh,
3: I would probably, for my second pick, I would probably finish out my uh, Cthulhu Wars collection with the missing expansions that I don't have, uh, which is quite a lot now that this last Kickstarter ran through. But um, <laughs> it's a game that actually hits the table quite a lot at my house, surprisingly. So anything I can do to add replayability to that game is is, is a no brainer for me.
0: It is a fine choice, sir, and it shall be added to the sleigh. <laughs> <laughs>
2: so
3: Cure my us.
0: last Back one yeah yeah yeah
2: wondering if this one will count or not but uh a couple of years ago bgg con was uh mad max themed and they right. had a crokinole board that had the the logo for the event on it that was, it was just really cool looking it was I, I kept walking by going i'm going to own that i don't know how i will get my hands on that so if that's sitting in he's got a special version of that in uh
0: no oh, he's his, got he's uh, got an entire uh, section on, that. he's got an entire section on promos yes <laughs>
2: <That's> <laughs> i want one. that crocodile.
0: well there you go you can have that and finally Water. sir mr burke yes if you would care furnish oh. us with your last choice of this evening
3: yeah, I would probably. It's a much bigger game than. In fact, I've never played it. I've seen it played a couple times. It looks fantastic. I would probably have to go with the uh, the classic, hard to find, "Glory to Rome" in the big black box deluxe edition. Um, that's just a beautiful game on the table, and I, I like the the the, the gameplay. Just looks like something I'd really sing my teeth into, but you know, at, at current prices where you can find it I, i'm not willing to pay <laughs>
0: <So>. <laughs> well sir then we shall we shall give you one to play and we shall give you one to eat if
1: you wish hey, to, say get really to like it. To.
0: so you both <laughs> climb you climb off into the you climb off into the sleigh santa brings the reindeer up to flying speed and you dash off into the night where he wishes everybody a peaceful christmas and a wonderful good night Um, what a little nonsense but anyway um, this has been um, this has been a lot of fun so thank you thank you very very much for coming on the show as I say what we'll do is we will you know when you guys come to launch the kickstarters we shall obviously make sure that we are sticking some links out for you guys and we'll make sure that we have all the links in the show notes so that we have notes to show if for people that have listened along tonight if you'd like to keep an eye on what we are up to and we appreciate everybody that does Um, thank you very much you can find us on twitter at we are not wizards like mark did <laughs> you can find <laughs> you can find us on facebook which is we are not wizards you can find us on instagram which is also we are not wizards you can find us on uh you can find us on youtube Because our lovely podcast host, Podbean, automatically put all of our podcasts onto YouTube. If you want to find it the normal way, if you go to youtube.com forward slash C forward slash We're Not Wizards Tabletop Podcast, you will find us there. We're on all the normal podcast catchers. You've got your Stitcher, you've got your Acast, you've got your Spreaker, you've got TuneIn Radio, apparently we're on there. We're on Podknife and all these wonderful other places If you like us, what we do is if you want to support the show, there's a couple of ways you can do that. You can jump on to Apple Podcasts and drop us a little subscription. Because every time you drop a subscription, a child gets an extra tangerine in their Christmas stocking. So isn't that lovely? If you like us even more than that and you want them to get a train set or whatever they want jump jump on to apple podcasts and give us a review. And as we say, um don't give us a 10 though because that'll I'll make us big headed. But don't give us a 1 because that'll make us a cry. Give us a 5 because it's um it's in the middle. It's average. And we are um we're just a little bit average. But the people who have not been average tonight is the rather wonderful Mark, and the rather fantastic Kira from Colossal Games. So again, thank you very, very much for coming on.
2: Thank you. We really enjoyed being on tonight and uh, look forward to hearing uh, more from you in the future. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Richard.
0: Thank you. And there's only two more things to do. The first thing is to remember that we are many things, but we're not wizards. Are we wizards, guys?
3: No, No, not at all.
0: Not at all. We are in the frontier forging forward, maybe either upholding the law or robbing banks or, you know, scraping a living to survive and waiting for somebody to meet us in the street and shout at us, draw, so we can turn round and throw our guns at them. (laughs) Or we're in the East, sorting out our temples. We're at the same, keeping an eye on those who are potentially going to be taking over hours when we switch that board round that 90 degrees. And the second thing to do is to say goodbye. So it's a goodbye from Mark and Kira. Say goodbye. 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 And it's a goodbye from me. Remember, stay safe. Roll sixes. Have yourselves a very, very Merry Christmas. Uh, this has been a rather... Um, very fast paced 2017 and we have lots more coming up already for 2018 for all our listeners thank you very very much indeed and we shall speak to you soon but until the next time goodbye